Good morning, everyone. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. And before I dive into the news today, let's stop and take a moment to talk about Fight Laugh Feast Club membership. By joining the Fight Laugh Feast Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive club content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Trust me, I tried. It's not anywhere else. And lastly, you'll get discounts to all of our conferences. I think it's like 100 bucks off. So, if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up now at flfnetwork.com or fightlaughfeast.com. One of the two. All right? Now, let's dive into the news, shall we? Army cuts off unvaccinated soldiers from service threatening pay and benefits. Lovely. The Army has announced that over 60,000 National Guard and Army Reserve soldiers that remain unvaccinated against COVID-19 can't participate in their military duties, effectively cutting them off from some of their benefits. Soldiers who refuse the vaccination order without an approved or pending exemption request are subject to adverse administrative actions including flags, bars to service, and official reprimands. That's from an official Army spokesperson in a statement. In the future, soldiers who continue to refuse the vaccination order without an exemption may be subject to additional adverse administrative action, including separation. Unbelievable. I I, I thought this stuff was over. Apparently not. There are 40,000 National Guard and 22,000 Reserve soldiers who haven't received the vaccine, making up 13% and 12% of their ranks, respectively. I was hoping that it would be a lot more, but there we are. There are 7,767 temporary exemptions given in the National Guard, and 6,457 in the reserves, according to Army data. Only six permanent medical exemptions have been made nationally for the National Guard without any religious exemptions. Not a single reserve soldier has received a medical or religious exemption. Over 3,200 have pending exemptions, and the new protocol will not apply to them. We're going to give every soldier every opportunity to get vaccinated and continue their military career. Essentially, we're going to twist your arm until you comply. That's from the director of the Army Guard, Lieutenant General John Jensen. How's that for a title? General John Jensen. He said that in a statement. We're not giving up on anybody until the separation paperwork is signed and completed. Meanwhile, the reserves have only reached 73.6% of its recruiting goal in the 2021 fiscal year. The National Guard reached 80.6% of its 2021 goal, and so far, 48.1% of its 2022 goal. However, unvaccinated soldiers are allowed to fulfill their state active duty orders, which are normally given by governors during short-term emergencies. The Army has 652,000 five fully vaccinated soldiers and 261,578 who are partially vaccinated. Well, there you go. Cheery news from our military. And now let's shift to cheery news for our voters aged 18 to 29 strongly approve only 1% of voters age 18 to 29 strongly approve of Joe Biden. 1%. So that is some cheery news. A majority of Democrats do not want Joe Biden to seek re-election in 2024, according to New York Times and Siena College poll released on Monday. In a closer breakdown of the numbers, only 1% of voters between 18 to 29 
strongly approve of Biden's performance. 18% of that demographic somewhat per- approve. Okay, well, at least it's somewhat. The poll reflects that 64% of Democratic voters want Biden out of the 2024 race as the president is hemorrhaging support from his party. Of the reasons cited, 33% of those polled said the president's age was the primary factor for why they didn't want him to run. Yeah, it generally helps if he can form coherent sentences. President Joe Biden is currently 79 years old, which makes him the oldest serving president in history. The president will be 82 in the 2024 election cycle. The 849 registered voters who were polled put the president's approval rating at 33%. In January, a Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, one of the two, that's how you pronounce it, right? Somebody let me know. University poll also had Biden's approval rating at 33%. Accumulative poll data had Biden's approval dropping below 40% in February, and the president hasn't peaked above that number since the winter. The poll, New York Times and Siena College, was conducted between July 5th and 7th and also reflected other reasons for Biden's disapproval. 32% of those polled said the president's job performance was the problem, while 12% just wanted somebody fresh. Fresh, that's what the kids are saying these days. Notably, the New York Times ran an article over the weekend noting that Biden is, in fact, rather advanced in age. Oh, you don't say. The poll also reflects a country gripped by a pervasive sense of pessimism as 75% of Americans believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. The last time that number was as low was during the 2008 financial crisis. The New York Times reports that a sense of national dread spans every corner of the country, every age range, and racial group, sites, cities, suburbs, and rural areas, as well as both political parties. The biggest number of those opposed to Biden's running in 2024 was the young demographic. In numbers that also mirror a previous Quinnipiac poll, 94% of people under 30 want a different Democratic nominee. 41% of Hispanic voters strongly disprove of the president's job, reflecting a Democratic concern that they are losing support of the Hispanic Americans. 0% of those polled said that COVID was the most important concern in America. 37% polled said that they intend to vote in the Democratic primary, and 39% said they'll vote Republican. 20% of those polled said jobs and the economy were their biggest concern. 15% said the cost of living and inflation. 5% said abortion. Of those who polled who identify as working class between the ages of 18 and 64, 94% said the economy was either in poor or fair condition. 26% of polled Democrats did say that Biden should be the nominee for president in 2024. And to them, I ask, what are you smoking? Oh, I digress. Moving on. Speaking of politics, Fox News power rankings. GOP expected to take control of the House. Now, believe me, part of me is happy about this, but the other part of me realizes that Republicans are heading towards the cliff, you know, maybe 20 miles per hour shorter. But, hey, uh, that's that'll give us some more time to figure things out, right? Well, Republicans are forecast to take control of the House this November with at least seven seats to spare, leaving Democrats in need of a dramatic turnaround to hold on to power. This edition of the Fox News Power Rankings also unveils the U.S. House model for the first time and sees gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro, a Democrat, carving out a slight edge in Pennsylvania. With redistricting completed and the bulk of the primaries behind us, the Power Rankings model now reveals a clear advantage for the GOP in the House. With 218 seats required to take control, the GOP is forecast to take 225 seats to the Democrats' 180 seats. Those figures include 
only the races in which one party has an advantage. The actual size of a GOP majority will depend on how many highly competitive toss-up races each party wins. But the Republicans are expected to gain at least 7-seat majority to 225 seats and as much as 37-seat majority, 255 seats in their best-case scenario. The range of scenarios for Democrats leaves the party with as much as a 38-seat deficit, 180 seats, or just 8 shy of a majority at 210 seats. That's their best-case scenario. That's significant. In other words, even if the Democrats win all 30 races currently marked as toss-ups, the party still doesn't have enough to support uh, still doesn't have enough support to retain control of the House. Now, it should be noted, eagle-eyed power rankings readers would know that these ratings are just estimates and that even races assigned to a party, particularly those in the lean columns, are still very competitive. Nonetheless, the current forecast looks very very cloudy for congressional Democrats. So, there's our politics and whatnot. Now i got a question for you. Do you enjoy shopping with integrity? Well, then I've got a business for you, and that's Boniface Woodworking. Boniface Woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy homemade wooden furniture, gifts, and heirloom items that will last for generations. From dining tables and church pulpits to cigar humidors, and by the way, Cross Politics working on one of those, and everything in between, Quality pieces that you can give your children's children, tie them to their roots, and transcend basic function of whatever they are. So start voting with your dollars and stop buying cheap crap from people who hate you. Visit www.bonifacewoodworking.com to see their gallery, learn their story, and submit your order for heirloom quality wood items. Again, that is www.bonifacewoodworking.com and support those who support us. All right. Now, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. Elon Musk, he's back in the news. Shocker. This is from the post-millennial. Elon Musk uses memes to signal he planned to take Twitter to court all along. He's two steps ahead. He's playing chess while they're playing checkers. Elon Musk's Twitter buy is about to hit the court as the social media giant is suing him in order to force the sale to the SpaceX CEO, who has reportedly backed away from the sale. And I talked talk to you guys in my news brief yesterday. But Musk, who only backed away from the sale because he couldn't get an accurate count from Twitter as to how many of their users were bots, will likely now gain access to that data in court. Whoops. Musk shared a meme to that effect, where else Twitter, they said I couldn't buy Twitter, the first panel reads. Then... They wouldn't disclose bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. Now they have to disclose bot info in court. The text is accompanied by images of Elon laughing. The saga of the Musk Twitter buy has been ongoing since April with Musk when he when he bought a 9.2% stake in the company, becoming one of the company's top shareholders. He later went on to offer $44 billion for the enterprise, and the board of directors of Twitter approved that in June. Staff at Twitter, however, were less than pleased with that prospect of working for the outspoken entrepreneur. Musk addressed them directly prior to the board's approval of the sale, but Musk became concerned that perhaps he had overvalued the company and that a large percentage of Twitter users were in fact bots. Twitter claims that bots are 5% of the total users. (laughs) I'm sure you guys join me in my um, 
uh, disbelief of that. But Musk has been interested in seeing the data to make an independent assessment of the prevalence to the fake or spam accounts on Twitter's platform. Musk began looking into this information in May and then sought to terminate the deal in July. Twitter has said they would bring suit to force the sale. They hired firm Watchell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. Folks, Musk appears to believe that this suit will bring the information he wanted all along in the first place. Like I said, he's playing chess. They're playing checkers. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, why don't you go ahead and hit that share button for me, will you? And if you want to sign up for a club membership, subscribe to our magazine, or register for our conference, well, you can do that all in one place. A one-stop shop, if you will, at fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to become a corporate partner of Cross-Politic, let's talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.